Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio, a student-operated, non-commercial radio station. KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast variety of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to The Medium, a podcast presented by Tommy Media that's all about what's happening in the art and entertainment world. On today's show, we talk about the cultural resurgence of Twilight and our own experiences with the iconic vampire series. Then we'll catch up with the latest news in arts and entertainment. All right. You ready? You ready to get started? Yeah. With with the banter, I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready to fight over Team Edward and Team Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Duke's up. Um, how are you today, Macy? Good. How are you? I'm Almost pretty... spring break. Yeah. Do you have any fun plans? No, I'm going back to Wisconsin. That's cool though. Wisconsin yeah. is super cool. I know. Someone yeah. asked me the other day. I was like, oh, I'm from Wisconsin, and they're like, is the cheese thing real? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, are people actually obsessed with cheese? And I was like, I mean, like, I guess. It's like the leading dairy state. So yeah, I, I mean, suppose, like, it's cheese is good. Cheese is good, and Wisconsin has a lot of it. They do. Yeah. There is a lot of cheese in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, the, like, the, you're just, like, driving through Wisconsin, there'll be billboards for, like, check out this quaint little cheese shop, next exit, and... It's My always favorite great. signs are the free wine and cheese on those weird big yellow signs that have no other information. <laughs> and it just says like exit like something and then you exit and there's like literally a single building in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that is how you get murdered, perhaps. Or yeah. enjoy some really good cheese and wine. Really, it's a toss up. Who knows? I've <laughs> never gone, but I have to wait till I'm 21 mm. if I wanted to try the wine with the cheese. Mm. Sadly. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh wisconsin made the legal age of eating cheese 21 recently which was a controversial move yeah um, it's actually been so upsetting yeah um i'm uh, going to a protest yeah <laughs> <laughs> right after this podcast yeah. it's protest <laughs> the age of cheese Jeez. <laughs> um so today we're gonna talk about twilight um macy what has your experience been with twilight so far or so far just over in your life yeah well, I was I was doing the math earlier, and I believe I was seven or eight when the first book came out, so I was definitely not on the trends until I think I watched them in middle school or early high school, and then I got back on the trend last year, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. But I've only read the first book, but I've seen all the films. Nice. Okay. What about you? Um, so my mom read the Twilight series first. Twi mom. Twi- my mom's a Twi mom. <laughs> She's like very Team Edward. Um, and she gave me the books to read when she was done with them, which, you know, is a separate discussion as to whether I was old <laughs> enough to be reading these. Um, so I was in like fourth grade when I read like all the Twilight books. So like nine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and that was fun. And then I watched the movies as they came out. I remember going to the movie theater with my, 
movie theater with my mom um to see new moon and we we're wearing team edward and team jacob shirts <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Um, and I feel like when the the newer movies came out, I kind of fell off the the twy wagon, wagon, <laughs> twy wagon. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was very into it. And then, of course, I've been engaging with the re- recent uh, Twilight Renaissance on TikTok yes. and other platforms. So um, I would say I'm a hesitant fan. <laughs> but yeah, I would say I'm a fan of the books because the first book was actually so good and I read it after I watched the movies because the movies like you watch them because they're like a joke Mm -hmm. and they're like (laughs) good because they're bad but the book was actually like engaging I actually enjoyed it yeah I remember really liking I remember like reading like a little bit as an adult and I was like hmm there's better YA out there I gotta admit (laughs) well yeah I read it before I read it this past summer before I was going abroad and I should have waited so I could read the whole series, but maybe I'll, maybe that'll be like my summer read. You want to borrow the, the books, Macy? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I can find them at like half price books for like a dollar oh, each. Oh, you definitely can. So maybe I'll do that. <laughs> you should. Um, so for everyone who's not familiar with Twilight, I thought it would be fun to attempt to briefly summarize the plot <laughs> of each book or like oh movie. They're pretty much the same, I would say. Yeah. The, the only thing that kind of changed in the book to movie translation is that they added a bunch of stuff for like Breaking Dawn because they wanted to make it into two movies. Yeah, um, and I don't. Remember of course, what they like added. every YA franchise, <laughs> there needs to be a two-parter for the last book. <laughs> Just really maximize that money from these toy moms. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start with the first book. What what happens? <laughs> so Bella is seventeen. She goes to high school in Forks, Washington. She's the new girl. Originally from Phoenix, Arizona. Her mom is there with her boyfriend, who is a minor league baseball Baseball. player. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, she just moved there to be with her dad, Charlie, who's one of the... uh, the co- one of the best characters yeah of the whole series and also a cop what yeah is he the like sheriff is he the only cop in that town no okay i think he's the sheriff though okay like i think he's higher up on the police department mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's sheriff and then run one tier above that there's charlie <laughs> so yeah she's there uh typical like new girl trope um oh for sure and she goes there. She makes new friends. If you're watching the movies, it's Anna Kendrick. Oh. I was going to say, Anna Kendrick <laughs> makes her debut. I don't know if that's actually her debut, but I love the tweet. <laughs> Anna Kendrick's like, I forgot I was in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I every single time I watch it, I forget she's in it. And then she's on screen. I'm like, Anna Kendrick? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> um, so, yeah. And she goes to classes and stuff. Um, and then she sees the Cullen family. Well, I forget if she encounters Edward in biology first or if she just, like, sees their family in slow-mo. I think walking. she sees the family in slow-mo because then her, like, new besties are, like, trying to expl- – like, they do, like, the classic Mean Girls. Like, oh, this sure. is this person. This is this person. <laughs> and then Edward's in biology. And I'm pretty sure she's like, Edward's in my biology. And <laughs> Anna Kendrick's like, he's hot. <laughs> and Bella's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> acting the movie in that scene is so good because Edward's <laughs> just like ripping the edge of his desk just trying to, and we later find out that he's trying to not murder Bella because she smells so good for 
Well, her blood. Yeah, her blood smells great, really good. Apparently, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> smells great. A uh, frequent conflict of the series is Edward trying to not kill Bella because she smells so delish. Um, yeah, yeah. So we had remember when Jasper like attacks her at the birthday party? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Like Jasper. Ja- Come on, <laughs> Jasper, man. Come on. <laughs> first, you, first you, the whole Confederate soldier thing, and now this like <laughs> not fun. <laughs> I forgot about his story. <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh God. Um, and so she's like, yeah, he's hot. Kind of weird. Kind of weird how he seems like he's about to throw up right now in biology. Um, yeah. and then I don't stuff happens he saves her from the car yeah tyler's tyler's van yeah (laughs) and that's like her first like are you human like (laughs) questionable (laughs) and i was looking up differences in the movies and books and apparently in the books i don't remember this but that's when she was first like i don't think he's like human but apparently i guess in the movies it takes her a little longer to come Hmm. to that conclusion who knows if that's true is on Twilight Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> a valid source. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I trust the Twilight fans. Yeah. No, they know, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the car thing happens. And then how do they end up, like, hanging out? Like, how does... Well, I rem- she was, like, shopping with Anna Kendrick and that other girl <laughs> for prom dresses. And then she goes to the bookstore by herself because she wants to get books on, like, vampires. <laughs> and like just like history of the land and then she like almost gets like mugged by those like motorcycle people oh yeah and then edward whips in with his car all of a sudden just like he did saving her from the car and then they go to dinner together but he doesn't eat anything because he only eats blood (laughs) and that's when they started hanging out (laughs) (laughs) whoa so romantic um yeah he was following her yeah i guess um, and yeah, so that happens, and then what is the central conflict of that book? Like, what's the climax <laughs> of the first Twilight? The book? climax is when um that one guy with the blonde hair, mm. I forgot his name. I think it's James. I want to yeah, say it's James. That sounds he right. like lures Bella to like this old ballet studio to like kill her because the Collins like her and are like keeping her, but he's like. I want her. (laughs) She smells so yummy. Yeah. And then (laughs) Edward saves Bella and she gets bit on the hand by James. So that like vampire venom is in her body. And Dr. Cullen is like, Edward, you got to save her, but you can't turn her into a vampire or killer. You're going to have to suck the blood out, but you have to have like self-control. And he does because she survives and she's also not a vampire. Yeah. And that's kind of how the, first one ends i think just kind of just yeah. ends after that or do they go to prom together though, oh right? yes yes yeah. yes it, yeah the prom scene how could i forget and she's like <laughs> the like boot on her foot because she got injured at the oh, ballet right. studio <laughs> adorable yeah. um i love the scene where um the mom esme is like we made you italiano bella <laughs> something about that <laughs> it's really good because they don't eat food but they yeah. made her an italian dinner that was and nice then she's them. like i already ate which is <laughs> <laughs> so rude <laughs> yeah come on bella <laughs> um the second yeah. one we can we can go kind of yeah it's the second a second one's eclipse or is it new moon it's new moon new moon okay i always get them switched mm. they're both moon phases i suppose yeah uh. i just always forget <laughs> but this is where jacob 
mm-hmm. is in his prime. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so does Edward, I feel like Edward leaves. Her, yeah. At, like at the beginning of the book, Because right? he's like, I'm putting her in danger. Yeah. I'm just. I'm, like that trope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too handsome and immortal. So I just got to yeah. get out of and here. And then we get the iconic scene of Bella staring out her window through so the good. seasons and the camera goes around her. It's a good scene. That is a good scene. Like, say what you... I'll say what I want about the, you know, story, but the cinematography in yeah. Twilight. The I filter? Really, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bella's really depressed after Edward leaves. She's yeah. like, this guy's a hot vampire. I thought this was going well. They gave me Italiano. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't kill me. Yeah, that was really nice of them. Um and so, in the meantime, Jacob Black, who is a werewolf, spoiler, does she know he's a werewolf at this point? No. Okay. So, she doesn't know he's Because Charlie's like, you should hang out with Jacob because you're depressed. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, she doesn't know yet. And I'm pretty sure in this one, he's, like, still being, like, initiated into the wolf pack. Mm. Um, and Jacob is, he lives on a Native American reservation, and the a tribe in the book is an actual tribe in the United States. Yes, it's, um, I wrote it down, it's Quil, Quilute, Quilute, I looked up the pronunciation. Blood. I also did. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Quilute. Quilute. Yeah. Okay. Quilute. Um, and we'll talk later on about yeah, <laughs> that representation. <laughs> problem in itself. Yes. Um, so they hang out. Um, at one point, Jacob tries to kiss her in this book, right? Yeah. Yeah. They hang out a lot. And then at one point, yeah. he's like... Because this is where like the love triangle kind of sets in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he uh, maybe... It's, he did not ask for consent before attempting to oh, kiss no, her. Oh, no, no, no. He did um, not. <laughs> and she punches him and breaks her hand. Um, Girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, <laughs> he did not feel it, it would seem. But yeah. she broke her whole hand. Um, so that's like a whole thing. Um, and it reaches a point at some point in the book where she's like, I'm going to go find Edward. And she finds yes. with Alice, because I think, doesn't Alice get, like, a prophecy or something yeah. of Edward dying? Yeah. Well, Alice's, like, special power is, like, f- basically to see into the future. Yes. And she saw him at the, um, oh, my God, what's it called? Volter? Voltori. Voltori in <laughs> Italy. We didn't mention Edward's special power is that he reads minds, but he can't read Bella's mind. Yeah. Because she's not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> she's different from other girls. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they decide to go to Italy to save Edward from being killed by the Volturi or whatever. Why did they, like, want to kill him? What vampire crime did he commit? I think it's because, like, he basically is in love with Bella and they're like, you can't do that because she's a human. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm pretty sure. And they just, like, talk their way out of that, I guess. Yeah, and they want to retreat Edward for their little clan because he has a great um, power. Yeah. So they're like, please, it's a good please power. join us. <laughs> We're recruiting. <laughs> yeah, Dakota Fanning pops up in this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dakota Fanning in this one is really good. I just like Dakota Fanning's character. What is her name? Jane? Jane. Very cool. Yeah, I like her. Um, And yeah, it ends with them getting back together, I think. Yeah. Can't forget the scene where Edward sparkles in the sunlight in Italy. <laughs> cannot forget <laughs> and also alice's like little yellow volvo i think it was mm, mm-hmm. i used to think that was such a cool car yeah growing up i love her aesthetic 
Like yes. she's very, she's one of the better characters. She, her really and Charlie, yeah. carry <laughs> this franchise. Although Charlie's kind of, Charlie has his moments I don't like. Like yeah, he'll he'll like make comments about like her being like romantically active with people. I don't know. But he's just also like the awkward dad who like yeah. doesn't know how to raise his kid. Which yeah. I like. <laughs> it's a cute little cute Given little the moment. shenanigans Bella yeah. is involved in, maybe he's not doing the best job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Eclipse is the next one. And I, this, whole, this whole book is a blur. It's yeah. just like camp. <laughs> Honestly, I'll, the whole movie too. <laughs> you could just summarize this by like they camp for a long time in Victoria. I think Victoria's from the first one. And they kill. No, she's James's partner. Yeah. And they killed James in the first one. Yeah. So she's and she's like about seeking that. revenge. Yeah. Um, and so they can't. They join forces with the werewolves. Um, I think they decide, you know. Yeah. You know, we should probably kill this vampire. It's good for everyone. Um, and they camp in the mountains in a tent, and there's a scene where um, Jacob and Edward and Bella are in the tent together. Um, so awkward. <laughs> it's really awkward. Um, and uh, Bella's freezing, so Jacob's like, come on, man, gotta let Bella cuddle with me. You're really cold. She's gonna <laughs> die up here. <laughs> yeah, so... Jacob whips off his shirt <laughs> to produce that heat. Come here, Loka. <laughs> And so they cuddle, and then Bella falls asleep, and there's a conversation that she pretends to not hear, where I think Bella, uh, Jacob says something along the lines of, it's not my fault, I'm so hot. Um, He's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they kind of have a heart-to-heart, and this is the point where I think you could start shipping Edward and Jacob, but it never really comes to yeah. fruition, unfortunately. Sadly. I would have loved to see that. But, and then it ends with them killing Victoria. And yeah. they're like, yay, another dead vampire. Yes. Bella's safe. And the only way to kill a vampire is by ripping their head off and setting them on fire. So that is how this movie ends. <laughs> yep, as you do. And they'll roast marshmallows over yeah. Victoria's dead body. Except no one will eat them except for Bella. <laughs> it's like but, sh- but she'll deny them, even though they're going out of their way. I just, I just ate guys. <laughs> I, I, the lip bite. <laughs> you guys didn't see it, but Macy's lip bite was very on point. <laughs> um, and the last one, this one was my favorite growing up. Um, yeah. Because there was, it's not risque even at all, but like the honeymoon scene where there's mm. even any sort of implication of being risque, I was like, I'm not supposed to be reading this. I know. <laughs> um, uh, so this is the one where they decide whether Bella's going to be a vampire and they get married. Yes. She's 18. Yes. She <laughs> is. 108. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a 90 year age gap. Yeah. But technically he died at 17. Yes. So she's older than him. In the <laughs> 1918 Spanish flu outbreak. Yes. Which is really funny to me for some reason. It's just like so random. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Okay, sick. <laughs> cool, I guess. <laughs> like, they each have their own, like, unique historical period. And Edward yeah. gets the Spanish flu. Yeah. Just generally. Kind of unfortunate, but. Yeah. I mean, sad for him. Yeah. Also, I forget why. So, Carlisle is like their dad figure. He's also yeah. the doctor. So, yes. he was like a doctor during the Spanish flu. Why did he make Edward a vampire, not, like, everyone else who was dying of the Spanish flu? Honestly, good question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because he's, like, good-looking, and he's like, okay. Oh. 
<laughs> who knows? Honestly, yeah, who knows? Or I guess maybe because he was younger, he sure. maybe felt like a moral obligation to be like, I can give this kid like more life that he deserves. A lot more life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're, so they a lot of the discourse is about, hey, Bella, if I make you a vampire, you're going to have to leave your friends and family behind because you won't be aging. And yeah. they're going to catch on to that eventually. They're going to be sus. <laughs> really <laughs> sus. I mean, I would be sus too, to yeah. be fair. Um, so they have their wedding. Bella's like, I don't care. <laughs> Her wedding dress is very pretty, though. It and is. And the wedding itself, the venue. Yes. Chef's kiss. It's <laughs> so good. Um, and so they do that. Do they invite Jacob? I think Jacob goes to their wedding. I think he's there. He's mad, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, is this where we get the iconic song? The I have died every day. Yes. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a really good cover. Thank you. I forgot what the title of the song is called. <laughs> um, so they go on their honeymoon, and, uh, you know, stuff happens. They play chess. They go snorkeling. Um, yeah. They're just kind of vibing. Yeah. They kiss and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, they wake up surrounded by feathers. The bedroom is destroyed. Yeah. We won't specify why. Yeah. Um, Just use your imagination. <laughs> um, it eventually gets to the point where, like, Bella, <laughs> it's so specific, Bella, like, eats fried chicken, and then she, like, throws <laughs> up, and she immediately realizes, oh, I'm, pr- I'm yeah, pregnant. And then she does the look in the mirror where she, like, touches her stomach, like, every <laughs> single woman in a movie when she thinks she's pregnant. Ma'am, it's been, like, a week. <laughs> and then the housekeeper was like because there's a housekeeper there who knows that they're vampires or something and she's like <laughs> um you're pregnant <laughs> that, that's so go away <laughs> honestly i love her <laughs> she's also one of the better characters yeah I, it, like the tier of characters in this is like it's easy to get up there yeah <laughs> so easy um, so they're like oh this wasn't supposed to happen our bad yeah. vampire the vampire family the cullens um and so they kind of deal with like what is this baby gonna be yeah and bella gets so sick like, yeah she looks not well yeah <laughs> she's not doing well she like so she has the baby and she almost dies yeah and then they have to turn into a vampire yeah um, and that's where breaking down part one the movie ends. <laughs> yes end of breaking down part one and then they have the baby and that's really controversial in the vampire world because it's half human half vamp and they don't really i think yeah. they i think it has this like it's not the first one. Oh yeah but i i think they did a backstory of like a half human and half vampire that like was a child and like killed everyone in the village or something mm. like that something yeah, that along right. those lines where people are scared now of this yeah child who ages so rapidly yeah um oh and this is the part where um so the baby is born and jacob realizes oh my God. that he never was really attracted to bella he was attracted to the the potential baby inside of her and yes. when uh, so okay the werewolves do this thing called imprinting which is we can get into we'll get into yeah. this um just know he imprints <laughs> he imprints and that means that they're like super duper in love with the person they imprint on right yeah they like have like this need to like protect them and like mm-hmm. be with them so i guess you could look at it in like a non creepy way in a sense but also we'll touch on that later yeah i forget specifically like i think it does say like it can be more platonic at yeah some, but i think so there are clear romantic implications. Yeah. Like, it's and Renesmee is, like, 
a child an infant <laughs> a newborn infant when he realizes this <laughs> uh, so she names the child renesme which is a combination of renee who is her biological mom and esme who is her vampire mom-in-law and yeah i think that's a cute name honestly yeah. i like it so Bella gets really mad at Jacob for one imprinting on her child and two nicknaming her child <laughs> Nessie. <laughs> you name my daughter after the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, and then the, so the Volturi are mad about this still, yeah. and um, it just leads to a big fight. I guess the werewolves also jump in on this one. Uh, you yeah, know, just for fun. Yeah, huge, huge fight that turns out to be fake. And Breaking Down Part 2. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that more? I forget what happened. Basically, they show this whole entire fight scene. It's crazy. Dr. Cullen, his head gets ripped off mm-hmm. by um, the other side. And everyone's, like, going bazonkers. But it turns <laughs> out that never happened. And that was just Alice's vision. But it turns out to still not happen. Oh, so they just, like, talk it out? I can't. I honestly don't remember for sure, but I know Renesmee goes up to the leader of the Volturi. The Volturi. <laughs> Volturi. And she, like, puts her hand on his face in, like, a cute, childlike way. And I honestly do not recall what happens at the end of this series. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't kill a child. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I feel like Zoom would have been a really good introduction to the vampire world because the mm. Volturi have to go all the way from Italy every time. Yeah. And I know they can run super fast, but like there's still an ocean. Yeah. Like, how did they get there? Did they ever talk about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're just there. <laughs> they, st- they just show up whenever they feel. <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit about like the hype around Twilight, both originally and like recently. Um, so in its heyday, um, when the books were coming out and the movies were coming out, I think there was overlap with, did the, all the books come out before the movies came out? No, I was looking it up. Um, the first Twilight movie came out in 2009, 2000, oh no, 2008, but the book came out in like 2007. Okay. So it was like a quick turnaround. Yeah, that is a quick turnaround. So I believe, yeah, they were overlapping. Um, and, you know, a lot of teenage girls or fourth graders, if you were me, um, you know, kind of... <laughs> or 40-year-old moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of were into these books. Um, and I think that was part of why some people also found it cringy initially, um, because things that girls like culturally, um, historically have just been dismissed yeah it's kind of like the same thing with like the boy bands yeah the girls would go crazy over that and people would be like you're dumb like this is stupid and they would find like like boy bands like back in the day i guess like in sync and later on one direction like cringy and like a joke just because it attracted the population of like younger teenage Mm -hmm. girls even like with the beatles like this has always been a thing and it's just interesting because girls also define pop culture while also being like Mm-hmm. put down for liking those things um so that was kind of part of some people's initial hesitation to be into the books um i feel like i also kind of like i would definitely read them but i didn't like make that my brand yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was in the part of my life where i was like girly things are dumb and being feminine is not good 
Um, I went through that in fourth grade as well. (laughs) I feel like we all unfortunately have a phase, or a lot of us at least, have a phase where we internalize ideas about that and are just like, I don't get to enjoy that stuff. Yeah, Um, for sure. But definitely huge craze around the books and then the movies just like elevated that a lot. Um, And yeah, it it was a big deal, I would say. Oh, yeah. Huge <laughs> deal. I remember seeing, like, press, like, for when the new Twilight movies came out of, like, m- like hundreds of people lined outside the movie theater and, like, Team Edward, Team Jacob shirts, mm-hmm. like, to, like, see the newest whatever movie was coming out at that time. And it was, like, just so crazy to think about, like, all these people, like, lining up to see these, like, vampire werewolf movies. And I was like, <laughs> I don't understand why. Yeah. I mean, I mean again, I was, like, what, seven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely understood why I, 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 I could relate to those people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it kind of, a uh, last film came out in 2012. I think Or maybe so. later. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. And I don't know, the hype kind of just died down because it was done, you know, and that's just yeah. kind of how series work. Um, but then recently, in the past, <laughs> like, I don't know, when, did, when would you say the Twilight Renaissance started? I would say last year. Sure. Okay. Like, I don't. I honestly don't know when last year, but like I remember my friend and I like watching all the Twilights in our dorm room because we're like, oh my god, it's a thing again. Like we need to rewatch them. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe sometime last year, because then the movies came out on Netflix, and then Stephanie Meyer released Edward's POV of Twilight called Midnight Sun. Mm. My friend read it and she said it was not good. So read with caution if you choose to, <laughs> but. It's yeah. just like copy and pasting the first book from Edward's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I don't need that personally. No. <laughs> I could imagine. He's just like, <laughs> I'm yummy sure it's human. not great. <laughs> so it's questionable. Yeah. And you get to see all the times he watched her sleep. Like, I don't want to relive that personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think so. You mentioned like Netflix adding the movies has been like a big reason why like new fans have like found the series. Yeah. Um, especially with social media too, and especially TikTok. Yes. Of people just, like, rehashing the old films and, like, either, like, posting, like, cringy moments, the line, Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? Yeah. Made its resurgence because that was, like, all over social media for, like, a long time. But it doesn't feel as cringy to talk about or engage with Twilight now, does no. it? Why it, do you think that is? Honestly, I think it's because, I think I said this earlier, but it's, like, bad, so it makes it good. And I think we as like a society collectively agree on that aspect so it's like not cringy to talk about because no one's like this is oscar worthy filmmaking like i'm pretty sure everyone can agree that's not so i think it's not cringy to talk about because we all have the same perspective of how we view twilight and it's more of just like a mindless film in a sense to just like enjoy sure yeah I was also on top of that. I was reading this, like, Vice think piece about, like, the resurgence of Twilight. And one point that they mentioned was that a lot of us, kind of how I mentioned earlier, how a lot of us went through phases where we didn't want to, like, allow ourselves to like Twilight because it was so overtly feminine and, like, cringy or whatever. Like, as adults, we're kind of able to, like, remove ourselves from that more and kind of, like, appreciate it with, like, a more developed perspective. Um yeah, Not we can, like, see what's wrong with yeah. the films and the books now, <laughs> and it's, like, everyone can collectively agree on yeah. that. But it also, like, 
I think that there are parts you can enjoy from it, even if it yeah. is problematic. Like, I mean, it brings up, even if it brings them up badly, like <laughs> interesting themes about life and stuff. But we can talk about that later. So the Twilight cast has reacted to this resurgence um, and they mostly think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. When the films first came out and they were big hype, obviously that was huge for the actors. But as Twilight fell off, like the stars were like "Eh." twilight was like kind of like a cringy era of my life like is it taylor lautner kristen stewart and robert pattinson all three were like yeah no like yeah i tried to forget about twilight that was like i was so young like it was just kind of cringy now to think about me acting in like a vampire werewolf romance movie yeah but now that it's back out um i was reading this one article kristen stewart said that seeing the netflix um, or seeing Twilight on Netflix is kind of like a high school reunion mm-hmm. and it's just fun to like kind of like look back and see like because this was like quite like a long time ago mm-hmm. so now it's like just fun yeah it's just fun for them I guess I <laughs> it's interesting because like yeah Robert made it his whole thing for like a long time being like I wish I was never in Twilight yeah that was, that was his personality trait <laughs> but like you have to admit that like it launched like all like Taylor Lautner uh Robert Pattinson Kristen Stewart's oh yeah in a lot of ways so they would be stupid to deny that <laughs> yeah I don't think they are um and I think that they've also reached a point with the rest of us in some ways where they can kind of look back at it um with like a more critical eye but also allowing themselves to kind of like have fun with it yeah and i think they've definitely allowed themselves to like join in the fun of how all these like younger girls and moms were just like kind of obsessed with the series because it was like kind of their outlet to to like enjoy something i'm sure all these like working moms or stay-at-home moms were like i need a break i need a break (laughs) and this like vampire werewolf series was just entertaining it was good yeah it was just something to enjoy so I read this one article talking about why, like, moms specifically are re- <laughs> were really into Twilight and are probably. I'm not sure if moms have participated as much in the resurgence because it's mostly been on social media. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't heard many adults really get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but one theory is that Edward represents a very classic man who, like, <laughs> holds the door for Bella and also watches her sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect man. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, some, some of them are talking about in these interviews, like, of how Twilight improved their marriage and like i don't know i guess like young love is just like appealing to them which yeah. is kind of yeah i mean that's like kind of true for a lot of like ya stuff but this one in particular just like swooped a lot of older women off their feet i guess which yeah, is okay. it's nice to like read a story about i guess someone protecting another person mm-hmm. even if it is borderline creepy yeah and edward's like protectiveness and love for bella i guess is like for a way for them to maybe relive their past romances or just experience that for themselves yeah even if it is overboard (laughs) yeah even yeah i personally don't want someone watching me sleep (laughs) yeah which brings us to like our first like issue with twilight that is very clear just like as adults like looking back on the series um both relationships in this series, Bella's relationship with Edward and her kind of relationship with Jacob, are really unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Edward, like we mentioned, um, would watch her sleep, follow her in the beginning of their relationship. At one point, he like takes the engine out of her car so she can't leave because he thinks it's dangerous at one point. Yeah. Um, he definitely makes... He definitely voices his opinions about Jacob, like 
being upset that he and Bella are friends, even after they move past the whole kind of romance thing, like kind of saying who she can and can't be around. He, this is later on, but he's like, if you want to be a vampire, you like have to give up your family and all this yeah. stuff, and like kind of manipulating her in a sense into like staying with him. Yeah, and like he, uh, he's like kind of against her being a vampire for a while, but like yeah. he still I isolates her in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he still isolates her in like most ways, and like just like outside of Edward as a character, the narrative itself is like idealizing this kind of relationship where it would end with her like abandoning all of her friends and family. Yeah, and especially at school, like she made that group of friends at the start of the Twilight series, but as it goes on, they're like just. <laughs> <laughs> tossed out of the like, film Bella, you're kind of acting weird lately yeah. <laughs> she's just like not present in like what is going on around her yeah um so that's unfortunate um and then <laughs> jacob is like i mentioned di- arguably assaults her at one point i yes. think a lot of people have like contextualized no. that scene in that way i forget what happens in the book exactly with that scene but basically like it's not like it's he doesn't there's no prior prioritization of consent. In yeah, the, no. He just kind of grabs her and kisses her. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> is what happened. Yucky. And, like, not that Twilight's the only book that's ever done that. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it like, sure happens in, like, every single romance movie. Yeah. Um, so that's, like, an issue in itself of how we, like, idealize stuff like that as romantic. When really, that's not how that should work. Um, and, like, Jacob is just, like, constantly not respecting her boundaries or decisions. Like, yeah. Both Edward and Jacob have, like, this need to, like, be the deciding factor in Bella's life, which obviously is so toxic. (laughs) Like, let the girl decide for herself. Or, like, once she says no, like, once, like, back off, dude. (laughs) Like, you don't know what's best for her. She knows what's best for herself. Yeah. So, please calm down. Take a step back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, that's, like. Uh, and I think growing up, like, especially, like, being a fourth grade reading this, which maybe wasn't the target audience, to be fair, but, like, having, like, media like this be the basis of your understanding of relationships just, like, isn't a good foundation, I would say. Yeah. Um. So that's potentially harmful. Um, and then <laughs> we can talk about the whole imprinting thing and age gaps in these relationships. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, the imprinting thing is gross because one i mean in the context of this book like he's doing it onto an infant which is yucky Mm -hmm. but also it kind of goes into a point that we'll elaborate on next where it like is like this animalistic like sort of thing and like it goes to the whole like idea that they're like stephanie myers like projects that onto a group of native americans yes um, so there's, like, this, like, animalistic, like, turns into wolf group of people, like, the Native Americans on the land first versus the Collins, who are, like... In this big, rich, fancy house. Yes. They literally, like, colonized, like, this, yeah. like, they... The area. Yeah. And was, they're, like, stay off our land yeah. when they were there, for, there <laughs> first, as and, we've seen many times in history. <laughs> and, like, this imprinting thing in this context is, like, presented as Jacob, like, trying to steal away her baby at first. Like, it's... Like, yeah. not presenting, like, Native Americans in any kind of, like, accurate or, like, positive light, which is... Yeah, and with the imprinting thing, it's, like, grooming in a sense because no mm-hmm. one's giving her a choice. Poor little Renesmee. Yeah, she's, like, seven at the oldest by the yeah. end of the book, right? Or and something this, like, like 
older man is just always hanging around her and always like holding her hand and like lifting her up to the trees or whatever that mm. one scene is that's gross she like okay <laughs> this is like a weird thing that i didn't really understand in the book but like renesme like ages really fast and yeah. then like um stops at a certain point yeah i was that also confused me yeah (laughs) (laughs) but also like that's like so yucky in the context of like grooming like wouldn't it be awesome if they got to 18 even faster (laughs) (laughs) and they can be like oh i'm not like she's not like a regular like zero year old girl um like she'll be 18 super super fast super quick (laughs) um so that's very yucky yeah and i feel like stephanie meyer just made her age super fast so that she could kind of dig out of that possible obviously it's it happened that horrible idea of grooming and imprinting mm-hmm. even though it's obviously evidence like anyone who watches this but yeah and then edward is 108 and bella <laughs> is 17 when she meets him yes so that's creepy yeah part of that makes me just question because technically he's 17 but but also like technically he's 108 he's like had 108 years of maturity like even if your brain isn't fully developed at 17 i guess you could say like still yeah. there's so much experience different like a difference in experience yeah. there. if there's bella was amounts. already a vampire i'd have no issue with it like if she was also 108 yes okay like, yeah if they like <laughs> met and they were both vampires and like for some reason he was like 108 and she was maybe like 70 <laughs> okay yeah that's fair like i'd be like okay whatever but because she's like still human still 17 and like she just decides to give up her life for this 108 year old man <laughs> um, yeah, we've all been there <laughs> <laughs> can't say i have <laughs> so that's yucky Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, let's talk a little bit about, well, we kind of already explained some of the main issues with their representation of Native Americans, but yeah, the fact that they're portrayed as ravenous wolves. <laughs> yeah, highly questionable. And um, Stephanie Meyer has not paid any like respect or like donated or done anything that I'm aware of to the, the, the Quileute people. Yes. yes. Anyway, she hasn't given like any like respect donation acknowledgement really towards that tribe and towards that community and like the land and the history surrounding that which is problematic (laughs) (laughs) and like she kind of like invents her own like i'm sure the quileute like people have their own like stories and stuff which she maybe shouldn't have she shouldn't be able to profit off those anyways but she kind of just makes up her own yeah she's like this is the heritage this is the history and it has vampires and werewolves in it, obviously. Um, <laughs> and it's just like such a pro- like such overt appropriation that yeah. is gross. And and all of the vampires are white, yeah, except for that one guy in the first film. Yeah, and he gets killed, right? Yes. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> so yeah, there's just like a lack of representation in general in these movies. Um, and I think I was reading when I was reading about this, they were like Forks itself in real life is like very not diverse. But yeah. if you're gonna have vampires in a film, you can pretend that somewhere yeah. is diverse. Because I'm sure, obviously, they're from all over, yeah, in different periods of time and different areas yeah. of life. So obviously, yeah. there would be some diversity. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Um, so, so that's, that's gross. gross. And another <laughs> thing that is 
problematic, I think, is we've talked about this, but just, like, Bella as a character in most ways isn't very empowered. Like, I think, no, no, no. A lot of the time things just happen to her and she just needs to be protected from yeah. them. Um, and, of course, like, this ultimate destiny for her is, like, being a mom isolated from friends and family with, like, yeah. a man who... And the only time she really does have strength is after Edward turns her into a vampire. So, basically, he's give, giving her the power mm-hmm. to, like, be powerful for herself in a sense. Which, like, the idea of, like, a man giving, like, being like, okay, here, I guess now you can yeah. have the power for yourself. Like, you, you can, I guess, if with my permission, like, yeah. you can do stuff by yourself, I guess. Um, I mean, before that, you can't drive without my permission, but... Um, and it's hard because, like, if I, like, if we avoided, like, all problematic media, like, I don't think there would be a lot left to read or watch. Yeah. Like, I think we could critically evaluate, like, representation and these issues in, like, a lot of media. Um, especially, like, back in this, like, 2010-ish era. Yeah. Um, fourth grade Emily was not very woke, admittedly. (laughs) Neither was fourth grade Mason. (laughs) Um, so... Um, but I think, I don't know, I think it's okay to kind of, especially since a lot of us are enjoying it in, like, a sort of ironic sense now, like, I think it's fine to engage with this media to an extent, as long as we're not, like, idealizing any of the... I think a lot of people now are recognizing all the issues and acknowledging that, like, hey, I know there's this issue in this movie, book, I, like, don't agree with it, Mm -hmm. but... I still like the movies. Yeah. Maybe it's a question. Maybe there's, like, a different question if you're, like, actually spending money on Twilight now. Because, like, yeah. Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer? Stephanie Meyer. Um, I think it's a different question if Stephanie Meyer, like, if you decide now with that critical perspective to, like, yeah, I don't know, buy Midnight Sun. Like, that's a different question because she's still not, like, giving any kind of, like, yeah, even with Probably. this, like, resurgence, she's like, oh, my God, yes, credit me. <laughs> but giving no, like, hey, I wrote this when I was, like, like, I don't know. I don't know how old she was, and I don't know where she was in her life when she wrote this, but it was over 10 years ago. Yeah. So I feel like she should be able to recognize some of the issues with it. Yeah, or just, like, stop writing new <laughs> books. True. Or, at the very least, like, give the profits to... At least, like, stop writing Twilight Yeah. Like, you can try something else. She did actually write a different book called The Host. Yes. Yes, Um, I remember that. I think I tried reading it after Twilight in, like, fourth grade, and then I was like, this is boring. This is not vampires. She also wrote (laughs) The Chemist. Mm, Interesting. Not familiar. In 2016. Cool. Um, We'll not read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't really interest me, so I'm not going to. So let's talk a little bit about what makes Twilight so addicting, even in spite of these issues. Like, why have we all been so drawn to it then and now? Um, I can start because I had the point that um, Twilight kind of, in a very toxic way, allows us to project ourselves into a fantasy where we are obsessed over. And even though it's deeply unhealthy, (laughs) um, I feel like some of us almost like that idea in theory. Yeah. Like, fourth grade me was Harry Potter obsessed. mm -hmm. And that's where I would project my, like, obsession and, like, I wish it was at Hogwarts. (laughs) Instead of in my fourth grade elementary school classroom. (laughs) So it's, like, a nice way 
to like have a connection to something that other people also have a connection to yeah and like like as a fourth grader or like a young adult or maybe like 40 year old woman like we all can have these thoughts like the idea of a man like watching you sleep while gross it's like wow this hot man's life revolves or he cares <laughs> um so i don't think it's like completely absurd that people are attracted to that aspect of it even though we definitely need to be conscious and critical of yeah it. there's definitely aspects of edward and jacob that are like attractive in a sense to a certain extent obviously that makes it yeah so addicting and it's like a fantasy that you can just like read or watch is it internalized misogyny? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, but I also think wanna give like credit to Stephanie Meyer in that I think the vampire world's kinda cool. Yeah. Like the world she built in within like the global society of vampires is neat and I think a lot of the side characters have interesting backstories. Yeah, Except I think she... Jasper. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, not Jasper. <laughs> I think she did a good job of creating a fantasy world because usually in fantasy novels, the author throws so much, like, exposition... Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Exposition and, like, so many different characters, elements that it's, like, hard to understand. But I think Stephanie Meyer does do a very good job at world building mm-hmm. in a fantasy sense. So I'll give her props for that. I just want to add to our list of problematic aspects of Twilight. Jasper is a literal former Confederate <laughs> soldier. And yeah. he, they don't talk about it ever. But when they do, I think they kind of were just, like, really relaxed about it. And Bella's like, oh, of course. Yeah, it, he did get a backstory, so we were aware of the fact. But it is not mentioned literally ever again. <laughs> and I love Alice, but she's also married to a Confederate, former Confederate soldier. And that's been... Yes. A, that's been hard for me to grapple with yeah um and yeah another point i think it makes twilight an effective narrative for a lot of people is that um i think a lot of the audience can relate to her issues she's facing as a teenager even if hers are like twisted in a way that involves vampires (laughs) like she's at a point in her life where she's graduating high school deciding like what she wants to do with her life um deciding like whether to relocate away from her support system where like i think that the way that they do it in this book is unhealthy obviously to like completely isolate or plan on completely isolating yourself and like going no contact with people who you love um but at the same time like i think a lot of people um at like a similar age to her are like grappling with the idea of not being around their family as they go off to college or like get real jobs as adults um so i think that twilight in a lot of ways is grounded in a lot of relatable issues for people and it just takes a fantastical twist that kind of makes those issues seem more exciting than they are in our lives which is i think appealing to a lot of people yeah remember when bella said she was going to like the university of alaska <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> just thought i'd throw that in there <laughs> love that for her honestly i can see her there um so yeah i think that twilight has its strengths just like from a narrative perspective even though it's like awful in like a lot of ways <laughs> um and i think that the, the twilight renaissance is an interesting um development in that we're kind of re-examining these like ideas and themes brought up in like a new yeah. context and they become more meaningful i think with yeah it. who knows maybe it It'll have another resurgence in a decade or so, <laughs> and then we can re-examine it. <laughs> we'll listen to this podcast again and be like, wow, 
I can't believe I said that. <laughs> we were so not woke. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Let's yeah. talk a little about the latest news in arts and pop culture. Dolly Parton is turning down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's offer to be added to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, quoting her, Dolly Parton, she says she hasn't earned the right. Um, and so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame said in a statement Thursday that they're going to leave it up to voters to decide if Parton is elected. But then she kind of like went on social media and respectfully bowed out of the process um in her own words so um i not i don't think it's happening (laughs) (laughs) do you think she should be in the rock and roll hall of fame macy um honestly i do not follow the rock and roll hall of fame that much but um i like her music so it's really good (laughs) but i feel like it mostly falls under country right i think that's her logic for it too yeah i would agree I would agree, yeah. I don't think her music's rock at all. <laughs> I think she said something along the lines of it's like putting ACDC in the country hall of, <laughs> country hall of fame. Or whatever. I like that. What's the country equivalent of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What do they call that? I have no idea. The, the Grand Ye- Old Opry. <laughs> the Yeehaw <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, Pete Davidson skipping Ride to Space on Jeff Bezos' rocket. So (laughs) the SNL star is no longer able to make the flight, which has been delayed for nearly a week, um, says the Bezos Space Travel Company. No other details are provided. The company announced that earlier this week that Davidson would be one of the six passengers on the Blue Origin's next flight. And it had been scheduled for Wednesday, but it's now shifted to March 29th for more testing, said the company. So... Pete dipped. <laughs> He's no longer. When I saw the headline from AP saying Pete Davidson skipping ride to space on Jeff Bezos' rocket, like what? What a world we live in. What a time to be alive. Um, Literally, what a time to be alive. <laughs> He's too busy with Kim. He got a new yeah. tattoo. Of did oh yeah, he did right. Um, it's sad because I think this might be a good time for Pete to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot going on. He's been receiving indirect, like, death threats, kind of, from Kanye's art. Like, Yeah. The Kanye and Pete thing is a whole other story in itself. It is a whole other podcast in it's itself. It's a whole other like, podcast. Um, but, yeah, that's yucky, and I'm sorry that Pete couldn't make it. Um, yeah. But I guess he's doing what's best for him. I guess he can hang out with Kim. It's yeah. like a nice, like, little, little Cute. hangout sesh. Just, like, maybe they could go... I don't know to a water park or something <laughs> <laughs> which is just as fun as space i'm sure oh for sure <laughs> um and our last story of the day is that doug the potato isn't a potato um subheading i am devastated <laughs> <laughs> um so for those of you who aren't familiar there was a big story that came out um centered around mr craig brown uh i'd only listed his last name he's a man who lives in new zealand and he has a garden and one day he was digging around his garden and his shovel hit something hard and he was like uh quote uh i said to my wife what what the hell is that can i say hell on this podcast probably um (laughs) i said it earlier (laughs) okay nice um he said, I had a big hoe in my hand, and it went clonk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened with originally with Doug the Potato. So 
He said, quote, I got a great big four prong garden fork and laid it in and laid into it. So the, uh, the ground, like an overexcited Viking warrior, I thrust my foot deep into the earth, dragged this thing out, kicking and screaming. It was the size of a rubbish bin lid, end quote. Um, and that, since that point, was called Doug the Potato. Um, and everyone assumed it was a potato, just a gigantic potato. They it sub- was huge. It was so big. Doug was so large. And they submitted Doug to the Guinness Book of World Records to, like, verify that it was the world's largest potato. Um, and this is the, the devastating part. Guinness eventually responded saying, um, sadly, the specimen is not a potato and is in fact the tuber of a type of gourd after getting it DNA tested. <laughs> <laughs> the Doug DNA test. Um, a spokesman for the organization said that. And then he, they added, uh, for this reason, we do unfortunately have to disqualify the application. <laughs> um, and they don't actually know what Doug is. Like they said, he's a kind of tuber, but like that could be a lot of things. Yeah, he should still get his recognition. I he's think huge. He, yeah, he's such a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's massive. <laughs> and Mr. Craig Brown um, said that Doug, he apparently tasted Doug and said that. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. And also feel like that would mess with your record. Like you're not supposed to eat it. Yeah. Um, but apparently Doug tasted like a potato. Hmm. So if it's like, a, I don't know, kind of tuber would taste like a potato like yeah. that. Um, but Doug is apparently like cryogenically frozen. So <laughs> they they can, they'll oh, figure gosh. it out, I guess. But they don't, they have guesses, but they don't technically know what he is right now. So science, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, uh, I hope Doug's doing well. I hope he is too. Maybe he'll watch some Twilight while he gets, <laughs> he gets, gets tested. Don't get on Netflix, so if you want to check it out, like feel free. Yeah, I don't know. It's not on Netflix anymore. They took Twilight off. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, Doug. I don't know where you're gonna find Twilight. It's probably on like HBO Max or something. I hope Doug has HBO Max. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> expensive, but Doug can afford it. <laughs> He's a celebrity now. <laughs> Well, thanks for talking about Twilight with me today, Macy. Yeah, you too. Hope you have a great spring break. Maybe rewatch the Twilight movies. Ooh, that would be a great use of my time. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, have fun in Wisconsin. Thank you. Maybe they. Do you think they should do a spinoff series for it's like Twilight but set in Wisconsin? I think they should do a spinoff series set in like the South because Forks I feel like would be similar to Wisconsin, so they need to do it like in like rural like country land southern accent world (laughs) that'd be fun but dolly parton has to make a guest appearance so true all right bye bye